Welcome to the Signpost Inn podcast, a space at life's crossroads for a refreshing pause and a bit of reflection. My name is Brandon, and I'm really glad you're here. I invite you to join me and my friends, Matt and Peter, for a friendly back porch conversation about prayer, Christian spirituality, faithful theology, and much more. So pull up a chair, grab a drink, and get comfortable as we start today's show. And when we're done, don't forget to visit us at signpostend.org to find out more about all that our ministry offers. Well, welcome to the back porch, everybody. I'm glad you're here. Today, I have uh, Tara Owens as a guest. And Tara has been accompanying others on their journeys with God for more than 15 years as a certified spiritual director and supervisor. She holds a master's of theological studies and spiritual formation, combined with a certificate in death, dying, and grieving from Tyndale Seminary. She also holds an advanced certificate in supervision from the Graduate School of Religion and Religious Education at Fordham University. She's also the founder and executive director of Anamkara Ministries, where she pioneered and leads the Anamkara Apprenticeship, which is a relationally delimited training in spiritual direction, which is actually the program I'm just now completing. And among the many other things that she does, she teaches rabbinic scripture study groups, teaches for the Soul Care Institute, guest lectures, and has authored two books, Embracing the Body, Finding God in Our Flesh and Bone, and At Play in God's Creation, a Contemplative Coloring Book. Tara, welcome to the back porch. It's good to have you. Oh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) This is fun for me to interview you in this context, because I know you in such a different context, having gone through the apprenticeship and been in many supervision sessions with you. um, It's a very odd experience to now be sort of flipping, I guess, maybe in a weird way. Yeah, she's on the other (laughs) foot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Um, but before we actually jump into stuff that I want to ask you, I want to talk about just in general what spiritual direction is. I think most of the people that are listening to my show know vaguely that I have been in a, an apprenticeship, know that I'm interested in it. Some of them know that I do it. But I think most of them, at least I hope I'm not offending anybody that's listening, but most of the people that I know <laughs> in my circles like I say it to them and the first time they've ever heard it is when I say it and they all ask the same question, which is some version of what the heck is that? (laughs) So I do want to, I want to, that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, after the lengthy introduction, is there anything you'd like to say about yourself to the audience? How do you want to show up today? Oh, that's, uh, I love that question, Brandon. I think because I've just come from some contemplative practice and work. I was with a group of spiritual directors who did um, some creative engaging with what does our practice look like this year and, and allowing God to speak into that in a, in a way that felt um, filling for me. I'll just say that I come sort of excited about the fact that God just shows up for us in all sorts of ways. And the more boxes we put around how God can show up for us, the poorer our lives are in a certain way. So I feel very rich coming in and I feel very rich in this conversation with you. It's just a gift to be talking about something I care deeply about, but is also just 
a gift for the people of God, I think, in the world. So, yeah. Thank you. That's how I come well, today. Good. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> I'm happy to have you that way. <laughs> um, so the basic question that I want to explore with you is just what is spiritual direction? I think, again, just for the people that are listening, many of whom I know, my introduction to spiritual direction was sort of out of trauma in a space of great need, a mentor slash guider figure said to me, maybe you should try this. And I had no idea what it was. And so I kind of went on an ex exploratory journey, um, tried a few different directors at first. And then as I was in that process and coming out of some trauma, starting my own process of rebuilding things, people started showing up to me and asking for longer term relationships. And I didn't even have the idea that that was spiritual direction until maybe three or four months after that kind of happened. And then I started searching. Lo and behold, I, this short version is I didn't want another academic program. I've done a lot of academic stuff. I was looking for something much more, well, relationally delimited, which is the, ver mm -hmm. the term you use. Mm -hmm. Discovered you mm -hmm. and it the rest is sort of history in some sense, but that kind of fit because all of a sudden it connected the dots for me that this thing called spiritual direction, which I had been benefiting from, was something that God was calling me to do. Then I ran into the challenge of trying to explain it to anybody <laughs> <laughs> while I was learning it. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to that problem. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, okay. So enough of me. <laughs> how do you, how do you, when somebody asks you, Tara, what is spiritual direction? What's your, what do you say? Yeah, it's a funny thing to start with asking a question, but that's sort of the MO of spiritual direction. Like when I have somebody say, what is spiritual direction? I'm, I usually ask a question back because sometimes people are asking because I've said it in a, in a social context and they're like, I don't know what that is. I'm not totally interested. So like, give me the one sentence. And, and I sort of have like the one sentence answer and the like multi paragraph answer. And the let's sit mm. down and talk about it for a little bit answer. The one sentence answer is being with people in their spiritual lives or holy listening. And I don't know a single director who likes the term director. <laughs> even though that's part of the ancient stream, like this practice has been around for a long time, but humans have short memories. It's <laughs> why the thing that, that gets repeated most often in scripture is remember. And we have been practicing spiritual direction since the time of Christ. I think Jesus was a great spiritual director and the desert mothers and fathers. And like we can trace the thread of spiritual direction all through church history but it's sort of got, and probably in a really healthy way, lost in a certain dimension during the Protestant Reformation, because in that sort of history and time in the church, spiritual leaders had kind of placed themselves between the people and God. Mm -hmm. um, you have to come through me in order to have a legitimate or right relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And that led to a lot of abuses and, and really a disempowering of people in their own relationships with God. Now, don't mm. get me started on like the way that happens even today still <laughs> um, spiritual direction is is not about someone directing you in your life with god 
it's really about someone listening to you and your relationship with God. And, and the two phrases that I find most helpful and I say to my apprentices and to myself is that a spiritual director is a non-manipulative presence with you, mm. not having an agenda, but really listening to the spirit and to you and, and connecting those two, asking questions so that the answers don't come from the director, but from yourself and your relationship with God, trusting that, that the spirit is in the room and moving and speaking and that God wants to speak to God's people and God loves and engages. And so that's a sort of fundamental assumption of spiritual direction. And the other phrase mm. that I use is being a non-anxious presence with others. Mm. Um, most people that we encounter are anxious about something. And that doesn't mean that a mm. spiritual director is perfectly non-anxious. I am mm. not perfectly non-anxious, <laughs> um, but that, that this is really, I'm trusting God for the person that I'm sitting with. And so I really don't have to do mm. a ton of work. I don't have to come up with anything, but for most people, the experience of being listened to in that deep place in their soul is a pretty foreign reality. Mm. Um, I often say when I explain to people who are like, well, shouldn't the church just be doing that? Or like, you know, isn't that discipleship? It, it's not. I mean, yes, the church should be doing it. I mean, the church should be doing great therapy too, but we're like, we're clearly not doing that well either. Mm. Should the church be a doctor? Well, yes. And like, there's the reality that the fullness of what the church is and the community of God is on earth has the, all of these diverse expressions. And, and we are that individually and communally for one another but we have become really good, I think, at our individual experience of God. So sitting, having a cup of coffee, reading a Bible. Um, and by really good, I mean, we do it. Yeah. Um, sometimes we're really confused by what's happening in that or think that it should look a certain way. But that individual experience with God, we at least have some words around what it should be. And we're also quite good at larger experiences of God, whether that's the church worship service or the kind of communal experiences that we have together. And we're like moderately good at like smaller community, but we're really not good at connecting all of those things to what it means to my lived experience with God. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. I heard this in my quiet time today, but what does that actually mean for my life? Or I had this experience in church, but what does that actually mean Mm -hmm. For me and God, what is that? How does that mm -hmm. flow into my lived experience? And what does that look like? And that's where a spiritual director does come in as mm -hmm. someone who is alongside. There's lots of metaphors and images for what a spiritual director does. And that changes Can... for different directors. Mm -hmm. Before you do that, let me ask. Yeah. I have like 10 different directions I could go with everything you just <laughs> said there, but I think I want to... Um... Sort of that last thing you said of connecting those different domains or spheres of life into what does this actually mean for me? Here's here's how I've experienced that and what I'm hearing is often I've experienced the what does this mean for me question as being more or less a kind of legalistic question or an intellectual question. Mm -hmm. So I heard this in my quiet time today what does that mean I should do differently? Or what does that mean that I'm bad about and I need to fix? Or 
I heard this in church today, or I heard this in class today, or whatever, and it's, what does that mean I should correct about my thinking so that I think better in the future, and now I have to remember that line over and over and over again. But what I'm experiencing and what I hear you saying in spiritual direction is something very different. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a, there's, and that's the thing I have a hard time getting my words around. So I'm going to ask this question sort of facetiously. There's, I think this is a trick question. <laughs> and it's funny that I've never asked you this question. What would you say the goal of spiritual direction <laughs> is? And then a corollary question, which is also a trick question. What progress am I measuring in it? <laughs> <laughs> Both of those are trick questions. Right. I mean, there is, there is, it's, it's a super frustrating thing for our goal oriented society and the ways that we have imagined relationship with God to say there is no goal in spiritual direction and measuring progress is on one hand, a really unhelpful rubric to come to spiritual direction with. And, and there are people from certain spiritual traditions or streams of the church or streams of Christianity who will come to spiritual direction and want homework. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here, what are the things I should do with this? And I refuse to give it because it's sort of like asking like in a friendship or in a marriage, what's the goal here? Yeah. Are there typical results of a healthy marriage or a healthy friendship? Sure. But are they goals to attain, to strive for? N- no, absolutely not. The, the, I mean, we come back to the relationally delimited training and spiritual direction and why I do it. Like God is deeply relational and way more concerned with loving you and being with you than changing you, Mm. which feels like a super radical thing to say. But if your spouse was with you for the purpose of changing you, that would suck. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. God is way more interested in being with you and loving you than changing you. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want to ask you to defend that, <laughs> but I, but I kind of want to ask you to defend that. In other words, mm-hmm. I hear people asking, I, as you said, I hear people reacting and going, wait, what now? Because isn't that the whole point? Mm-hmm. Or, I'm supposed to be different than I am. I'm supposed to sanctification. Sure. Sure. And we work out our sanctification. That's a, mm. that's a thing, but it, doesn't mean that that's the primary thing. I mean, when I look through the Old Testament and the New Testament, when I when I walk through the church history, when I see what the, the saints across the ages, the people in the church who have who have truly um, become those, like they have changed, they have absolutely changed. Mm. But it is the product of relationship with God, not the point. Mm -hmm. And we have this Mm. really transactional sense, like change to be changed. Like I go to the gym to like, and this is people fail. We're we're recording this conversation in January and New Year's resolution sort of time. And why New Year's resolutions like last 30 seconds is because it's about changing something about you as opposed to creating a habit of presence, becoming a person. I mean, one of the 
in a completely, this is going to take a like wild left turn, but here we go. <laughs> One of the authors who I really love, who has nothing to do with spirituality or spiritual direction, James Clear is a guy who wrote something called Atomic Habits. And he talks about why our resolutions don't work or like the goal setting is not the point that the small things that we do to become the person who naturally X, Y, Z, like, and we'll use the gym as an example. Like one of the things that James Clear talks about is like, it is a great small choice to walk into the gym. Mm. And if that's all you do, great. You acted as if you were a person who, who is going to work out. You walked into the gym. And that like habits build in that way. And the habit that God wants from us is relationship. Mm -hmm. It's like God didn't save us from our sins so that we could just self-actualize and be better. Like God wants relationship. Like the whole, we've just come from the season of like celebrating the incarnation, um, which is God with us. And I think it's really interesting to me that our culture, like the culture writ large in the world, has taken up Christmas much more widely than any kind of celebration of Easter. Mm. Because there is this spiritual gravity to the reality that God came to be with us. Like that's the fundamental shift, world shifting thing. And I, I am not downplaying the importance of the crucifixion, sure. mm -hmm. but fundamentally God with us. And so I'm, I'm not, I'm not defending myself, but saying that the, it's, it's an orientation which changes how we are to be with God and with each other. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that just, I think we have lost sight of how incredibly revolutionary it is to say that God wants to be with me. Mm -hmm. I think my mind is going back to the comparison you made with like our normal relationships, our, my wife, our friends. Mm -hmm. It's that, you know, my wife doesn't, doesn't want, to, I mean, she wants to change me in many ways. <laughs> uh, she's going to laugh about that, but, but she doesn't want to change me. She wants me, she wants me around. Mm -hmm. She wants me mm -hmm. to be there. She wants me to, to spend time with me because she, she wants me and me, her, and boy, howdy, that has changed me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that has changed me a ton, but that wasn't the point. Mm -mm. That was the product. That's what happened to me. Mm -hmm. And then to talk about the habit that God wants, it's, you know, there's almost something kind of weird about that language. It's like, God wants me. Yep. Mm -hmm. God wants to hang around with me. God wants me to be with him. God wants me to, and, and that's, and to me, so I, had, I don't remember where I heard this or where I read this, but somebody said, spiritual direction is neither spiritual nor directive. It's not mm -hmm. spiritual in the sense that it's not this weird thing that we sometimes think of as spirituality of craziness mm -hmm. because it's a very incarnate, physical, normal experience. You sit down and you talk. Yep. And it's not directive in the sense that somebody, like you said, I'm not telling you what to do, mm -mm. but the director directs your attention to the presence of God in the moment. And I found that to be super helpful. It's like, oh yeah, it's like my relationship with my wife could be very spiritual in that sense. Yes, absolutely. And very and I, directive in that sense too. Mm -hmm. And I think that like 
to go back to something that you mentioned at the beginning, like that this sort of cognitive space that we live in. I think spiritual mm. direction is is the place where, with and in the loving presence of another, and that's one of the things that I I just deeply encourage people to look for to to seek when they're seeking a spiritual director is if you walk into or you pull up your zoom and the presence of the other person makes you go Mm. and relax that you feel loved that you Mm. feel welcomed that you feel that's a great director if you start feeling like I've got, and and some of us just bring that baggage into the room where we've got to like perform. We've had lots of relationships where like it's evaluative and, and we sort of brace before we like, have I done all my things? And, and the spiritual direction is just not about that. It mm-hmm. is about the practice of being with someone who is offering you unconditional loving regard, fascination, attention, willingness to be with in anything Mm -hmm. and in that space our awareness moves from this cognitive and and god speaks to us in our minds i'm not saying that it's not not but we tend to prioritize that into oh god is here or god was there and like surely i god was in this place and i did not know it Mm -hmm. like this which sort of wells up into this experience of belovedness, of longing for more of God, of longing for more of myself in that way that like is changed because of the love of God um, is more me as God intended me to be. Yeah. I sometimes experience it as being, well, I frequently experience it as being the recognition that what I thought about God is actually true. Mm-hmm. Right? So I have these thoughts about him. He's present. He loves me. Mm-hmm. And frequently in my own spiritual direction, I find if that's actually true, like the, the cognitive or the, the, the discursive way to say it is, if that's true, then I should be able to experience it. Mm-hmm. And in spiritual direction, I often do. And it's like, oh, right. That actually, like he actually is a real being and he actually is really present and he actually (laughs) does, you know, that's the experience I have. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I still hear, and I I think I want to shift a little bit. I hear myself and many others still sort of frustrated with the conversation as it's been so far, Mm -hmm. which I think I need to apologize a little bit to the people and say, you're probably going to stay frustrated because I know I have that the there isn't a so here's the answer. What is it? Boom. Because it because what I'm hearing us say so far is we're kind of looking for an answer to a whole different thing. We're like asking for it to be something other than it is, and we can't answer the question that way. But maybe one way to help is to sort of distinguish it from other things. Mm-hmm. You were gonna talk about metaphors. Feel free to go that route if you want to go that route. Yeah. But you did mention mention discipleship earlier, I think my audience has a kind of an idea of what that is. Mm-hmm. How is it different from discipleship? How is it different from therapy? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, if it's helpful, I can send you a, like a really, for, for the 
for the rational, like cognitive thinkers who are listening, there's a great chart um, that Jeanette Bakke has in her book, Holy Invitations, where she talks about spiritual direction as opposed to other, other modalities. The difference in many ways between, let's say, spiritual direction and therapy or pastoral counseling is that there is some crisis usually or some problem or some area of growth that you bring in to that the person being counseled brings into the relationship and the point is working Mm -hmm. on that thing Mm -hmm. Um, like that's that's the aim of that relationship and so the the outcome is improvement in some way the outcome is solving the problem or working through the crisis or becoming better at interpersonal communication and healing happens along that, that way in spiritual direction. Often it's a, it's a need. It's some kind of felt need that brings people to direction. There is some kind of often precipitating series of events, like for you working Mm -hmm. through trauma, but that's not the thing we are quote unquote working on in spiritual direction. It is much more, again, about the relationship and the Mm. point, the agenda of spiritual direction is listening to God Mm -hmm. and to the person in the room. Mm -hmm. And, and so what's the point of that? (laughs) Well, listening to God, like relationship. (laughs) Um, I don't know what that's going to be like for, for, for one person, it's one thing for another person, it's another thing. And, Mm -hmm. and the, the outcome, the desired movement in that space. And it's, again, I I come back to, there are no goals in spiritual direction, but it's, it's living into the Imago Dei in each person. Mm -hmm. So it's going to look, it might look like some healing. Um, It might look like some dealing with some things. It might look a little bit like discipleship at some point, but in general, the role of the spiritual director is not a problem solver, a coach, a healer, um, which is what some spiritual directors, like myself included, sort of fall into this mm. trap of believing that we are the healers, that we have to have. Mm. And that's just not what a spiritual director, God is the healer. That's, that's, we are continually as directors offering people back to God and empowering them in their relationship with God. And, and it becomes spiritual direction over time. I, I tell people all the time, I mean, therapy is great and I love therapy, mm-hmm. but eventually you get out of therapy. Like eventually you, it, it's done, done. You may go back for another thing that's like needs work on, but like, if you're always in therapy, then something's not working actually. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas spiritual direction is really healthy to be in for the rest of your life. You don't have to be in it for the rest of your life, but it's like, is it healthy for me to have friends? Well, yes. <laughs> like, like, when should I see my friends? <laughs> that's, yeah. And that's why spiritual direction gets called soul friendships so often. Anamkara mm-hmm. is the Gaelic word for soul friend. Um, and mm-hmm. that's that sense of someone who knows your soul. And, and to one of the metaphors that I like a lot around spiritual direction is soul archivist. Mm-hmm. A good director over time is someone who holds like 
holds the archive of your life with God mm. and, and is there for that purpose. And, and mm. I mean, I just did that with a directee this week who was, was talking about something in their relationship with God and, and some circumstances going on in their life. And, and I said, do you remember when this happened and this is what God said? And the person just laughed and said, <laughs> oh, he, right. And suddenly that experience with God was in the room with us. And God was mm -hmm. speaking through that experience and through their own experience. And there was just this deep reality that I and honor and a humility for me that I've gotten to witness this life with God, this person's life with God for so long that I had the ability to reach back and say, oh, do you remember how God worked this way for mm -hmm. you? And so it, it's a, it's really sort of a different thing with mm -hmm. different purposes than therapy or discipleship or even pastoral counseling. Yeah. I think the way I've conceived it so far is that it has, it's back to that goal question or that, because as you said, right, in therapy, there's a, particular problem they're working on when I was in therapy like we we had a scale of one to ten where it was like how far are we on that and I got to whatever what nine or whatever it was and like okay that's good enough we're done discipleship has a particular goal of forming people to be like Christ in very particular ways however you know there's probably other definitions of that but there's some goal there that is directing the process mm -hmm. even even something like some of my friends who are life coaches you know, what I noticed as I talked to them about it is the person in the room sets the goal. Like the life coach's job is to help the person discover what goals they want to accomplish and then get there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in many ways, the spiritual director is saying, I have no idea what the goal is. Neither do you. This is a God-directed thing. And because God is the goal setter, so to speak, there's always mm -hmm. this undercurrent of there is no goal. It's just right. presence because that's what God is. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. along the way, he sometimes says, well, I want you to go up this hill or down this valley, but those are not the goal. They right. are, and those things come out and you talk about them and sometimes you're climbing a mountain, but, yep. but the underlying landscape, if you will, is the relationship that just being with him and him with you, which I admit is still really hard. Maybe it's cultural. Maybe it's me. It's just hard to accept that that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, well, yep. but give me something more concrete. And by that, I think, I mean, give me something more controllable. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. well, and I think that's, that, that's the thing is that in so many of our spaces and so many of my, my spaces and places, like I'm the one in control, really. Like I'm architecting the experience. I'm setting the goals. I'm. And in spiritual direction, I'm just not in charge. <laughs> and mm -hmm. both my own, like receiving spiritual direction, but also in giving it. Mm -hmm. And there's this wonderful surrender into the work of God that, you know, is always better than I think it is. Is always, it's one of the things I love about spiritual direction is God is always showing off <laughs> and mm -hmm. in all the right ways. Like the, God is always more loving than I thought and more present than I thought 
and in places I didn't think. And, and I just continually, and I've been doing this for a long time, Brandon, and Mm -hmm. I still get surprised because humans are infinitely creative in resisting the love of God. Hey there, Back Porchers. Has this episode piqued your interest? Do you feel an invitation to deepen your relationship with God and perhaps explore new ways of encountering Him? Maybe you have questions for God that you're afraid to ask, or that you're afraid He won't answer. Or maybe you've never really had a space where someone patiently and compassionately just listens to you. Or maybe you'd just like to have a hiking buddy on the journey of life, someone who is committed to accompanying you rather than guiding, teaching, or directing you. If any of that sounds good to you, then I invite you to try a free spiritual direction session with me. It's as easy as visiting signpostin.org and clicking on the spiritual direction tab. We meet conveniently over Zoom or in my office if you're in Canyon City, and there's no obligation to continue meeting. I'd love to walk with you for a little while. Again, visit signpostin.org and look for the spiritual direction tab in the menu, or you can email me at podcast at signpostin.org with questions. Again, that email is podcast at signpostin.org. And now, back to the show. It struck me, some of the kind of skeptical looks I get, and even my own inner skeptical feelings surrounding spiritual direction, some of those skeptical questions even, they come across as being questions like, well, isn't that a weird, extra-biblical spiritually froofy new agey thing. <laughs> and it strikes me that it, and I, I guess just for myself here, that again, the reason I have that feeling, I think is actually driven by, I'm going to try to unpack this thought. Mm-hmm. I, I perceive in myself that I label it that way because I'm actually afraid of giving up control to God. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute, you can't actually believe that God could speak, do you? Isn't, <laughs> you, you can't actually believe that that you could have a direct personal relationship with this person named Jesus, mm-hmm. do you? Mm-hmm. And I, I guess, I don't know that, there's no question there. It's just a realization that I think that's what's probably coming up in me when I'm like, ooh, Mm-hmm. This sounds a to... little like frou-frou and woo-woo and yeah. Yeah. You want me to sit in the room and listen to God? Well, anything could happen. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, and I think like to, to I, I just want to honor in you, in your listeners and myself, like that inner skeptic, mm. because the inner skeptic is there because it's, it's concerned on Mm. on in some in some ways and in some places we might say it's afraid and it's afraid of legitimate things like Mm -hmm. there's weird stuff done in the name of god that is most likely not god um yeah and and that's why you know it's so important to name that spiritual direction is a tradition that has been around the church for a very long time and it's connected to scripture into the reality that we see God talking to God's people and wanting to be in relationship, real lived relationship. 
with God's people. And that, you know, why it's important to find a spiritual director who is attached to a community and that has, is in spiritual direction themselves, has a code of ethics, all of those things, like to honor the skeptic. Like, I, I really, I really love those questions. I'm not offended by those questions when people bring them because they're, they're such brave questions. Mm. There, there's to be willing to kind of uncover like you just did. There's part of me that is a little bit afraid to say that God actually speaks because then my life has to be different, you know, that I have to give up some control and, and to recognize that like, yes, there's legitimate, there's legitimate reasons to be skeptical. I, I am never, I never roll my eyes at that because gosh, like it's, a, it, it is a terrifying thing to fall into the arms of God. <laughs> and, and I believe we fall into the arms of a deeply loving God that scripture evidences longs for us. It's just scary. Yeah. It reminds me of my college days studying philosophy, constantly freaking out my parents because mom and dad, thank you. But (laughs) we love you. (laughs) They've put up with a lot. But just because it was what you just said, we fall into the hands of a loving God. One of the deep convictions I've held on to my whole life is that, yes, there are dangerous things out there, but I don't need to be afraid of the exploration. Mm-hmm. So when I studied Nietzsche, I was Nietzschean. I, when I studied, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, I just, I yeah. dove into it because I did believe, and I still do believe that God is real enough to care for me, even if I walk down strange paths for a while. And sometimes I need to walk down those strange paths. Yes, absolutely. And yet there really are things where he isn't. There really are things right. that aren't of him. And he's good enough is kind of how I feel about it. Absolutely. And I think that is the the fundamental posture of spiritual direction. And why, I mean, are there times when I will directively say something, but to trust God with the person to trust that even in the process of wrestling it out and, and going down paths that maybe I wouldn't go down, that God is still at work, even when God takes God's hands off for a moment. Like mm. there's a reason, a loving reason God does that. And I think that I have a, I have a plaque in my office um, I've numbered that Brandon you've seen when you walk into my my office one of them is yay you're here <laughs> because I think that's God's posture to us but the other one says live by what you trust not by what you fear mm. mm-hmm. and I that's a fundamental posture for me as a spiritual director um, I'm sure I'm gonna I'm gonna interrogate my fears and and there's some legitimate, like stand at the edge of the Grand Canyon and you that pit you feel in your stomach is legitimate fear. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to step off that ledge. There's, there are going to be some consequences to that. Mm-hmm. And still God. Like, mm-hmm. so 
what do I trust in all of that? And, and how do I, how do I hold space for my directees, those I get to be alongside to, to grow in deeper trust of God and God's leading so that we don't step off the cliff because mm-hmm. God, God doesn't want us to step off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to decide if I want to track that down more, or I think, <laughs> I think in terms of time, it better be, it's better for me to ask you this question. <laughs> You've kind of you've kind of peppered a few metaphors throughout, but um, spiritual archivist was a new one to me, which I really like. But do you have a couple of favorite metaphors that help capture mm-hmm. what spiritual direction is? Yeah, I mean, there's some really helpful ones. Companion and and companion in that like the the etymology of that word is with bread. Mm. Um, someone who's a bread carrier or offers <laughs> bread you don't have to eat it like but it's it's there like it's it's the bread of life is there and mm. and a, and with bread really but a companion on the journey mm. in a old version of my website which is not there anymore it used to say at the top every day is a journey and the journey itself is home mm. and that a companion in your journey with god is a great metaphor. Another one is a lot of spiritual directors love and was a primary one for me for a long time was a midwife, a spiritual midwife, because the midwife isn't the one pregnant with God. And I sort of assume who people who walk into my office, Jesus is bringing to life something in them. And I don't know where they are in that gestational journey. And it's not my role to grow that or not, but Mm -hmm. that's God's and the person together. But when the labor comes, there's there's time to be with in that and to be alongside and to encourage and to say, here are some tools. And yes, you are. it feels like you're going to die, but you're going to make it. And there's new life on the other side of this. And, a, and one that has become my metaphor, which sounds wacky, but is my personal metaphor of spiritual direction and my own practice right now is earthworm. Earthworm. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's a really lovely poem by Lynn Unger, just called Earthworms. And like, it's not, it's not sexy. <laughs> Earth, earthworms aren't sexy. It's that it's the work of receiving what comes. And there's a line in that, that poem that is like that earthworms let things pass through them less like chewing and more like song and that there's this receiving and the hope is is that is that after being in my presence that person has been sort of spiritually aerated in a certain way like that that the soil of their soul is less hard it's more open to life Mm. Um, it's more receptive to the work of god because i have just been there and let it passed mm. through me and been the witness of God to them. And I, I love, I love it because it's just, it's a humbling image for mm. me. It reminds me, I'm not a guru. Like I'm not, I'm not, I am, I am wrestling with these things just like the people who come to me are wrestling with these things. But my role is really as holy listener. And, and I trust that the work of God goes on through that 
in a way that it just doesn't go on in many other places or modalities and that it is so deeply important for the soul to be truly listened to and received. Yeah. This this would take us a whole nother hour to discuss, but there's something that has been boiling around in my body and brain for a while now about this idea of observing. Mm -hmm. Of I had a conversation with a directee myself just recently where she noticed the hummingbirds during the cold snap that we had and tried to take care of them. Mm. And some of them didn't make it. And it was a very moving and sad experience. And it was, but the, but the thing that happened was that she noticed them yeah. and she simply observed them. And that was, and there was something really beautiful and moving, but deeply. T and I don't, I don't have the words for this yet, but deeply, The only word I have for it is true, but that's not quite the right word. That all of us in some sense are observers of God's creation of what he's doing and that that's enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it would be enough to watch a tree grow for any human life in some sense. Yes. And for those of you who are listening, who think I've gone off the deep end, I haven't. That's just something really true about why else did God make stuff if not to be seen and to be enjoyed and to be tasted and to be. Exactly. You know, and anyway, so I, like I said, that could be a whole nother hour, mm -hmm. but I yeah. think that kind of brings me back to the question or to the point of, let me ask it in the form of a question. After those metaphors, after that weirdness, <laughs> What I'm hearing the question is, okay, so Tara, why should I do mm -hmm. spiritual direction with somebody? And mm -hmm. I, part of me is thinking, maybe some people at this stage shouldn't. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, but yeah. I mean, how I would think, I know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I teach you know, as you read in the introduction, I teach in a lot of places and sometimes I'm introducing spiritual direction to people. And I, I use a quote from that deep theological resource, the movie, shall we dance? <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's this conversation that two characters are having in a bar about marriage actually. And it's like marriage is committing to witness another life. Mm. Like I will care about all mm. of it. The mundane that like there are, now, whatever it is, 8 billion people in the world, what does one life matter? Well, I will be your witness. Mm. Like that, that's, that's, that's what marriage is. And I think in its best moments, that's what spiritual direction is. Like, like can I get a witness? <laughs> like there, <laughs> there, there is a witnessing. If you have spiritual friends around you, whoever they are, they might be deep friendships or, but people who see you, receive you, love you, and are willing to make intentional, non-manipulative, slow space for the work of your soul and to talk about the things of God, even if that just involves like talking about you know, there's, there's no topic that's off limits in spiritual direction, whatever that is. 
if you have those people in your life and you feel they are inviting you in surprising ways and ways that wouldn't be natural to you mm. into a deeper walk with God, then you probably don't need a spiritual director. Mm. You have <laughs> those people and you, you can't, I, I know if you're listening to this and you have those people, you count yourself rich. Most of us don't have that. Yeah. And if you are longing not to know the love of God in your head, mm-hmm. but to experience God, if you struggle with believing the voice of God is for you, is there, then spiritual direction is a great place to start. I don't think there's ever a should in spiritual direction. Um, nobody should have a spiritual director. I'm a spiritual director and I, I don't think that. And yet I, I think it would be great if everybody were in spiritual direction. <laughs> um, because we do desire that. And I, I also think that it is fundamentally, Eugene Peterson talks about there being four fundamental Christian languages that are the languages of the people of God. That is preaching, which we would be familiar with, the exposition of God's word. Teaching, how do we, like discipleship, how do we live this life? Um, Because we do have this resource of what it means to live life and life abundant. And, And we need to learn those things. Evangelism or witness, telling the story of God, telling the good news of God, telling those stories. That's a uniquely Christian language. And the fourth uniquely Christian language that he identifies as spiritual direction. Hmm. It's holy listening. And so there are people uniquely trained in that who Hmm. know it. And I think the church in general is recovering it. It is, it is being rediscovered and lived. And my hope is that it's not just lived in people like me who, for whom this is a vocation, but in the body of Christ, as people learn to really listen without agenda Mm -hmm. to one another, to speak that language, which is more of a language than listening, than, than talking ever, that that's, that is meant to happen in spiritual friendship. It can happen with a trained spiritual director um, who walks alongside you um, sometimes for a season, sometimes for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that we're all, meant to experience in some way. Um, yeah. I, I really appreciate the, that four languages. I think especially, at least right now, it highlighted for me the the point. One of the points I think I hear in misunderstanding and fear around it, this is not, we're, this is not a replacement for anything else going on in the church or in the, your life. And it's not being presented as the answer to the problems. And I think we sort of, those two things are the, I'm hearing these as being the two things we keep coming back to as the problems in understanding what this is. One is that kind of competitive language that I think we're always thinking in terms of, I know I am, Mm -hmm. everybody's got the new solution that's better than the person's solution. So you don't need discipleship, you need this. You don't need this, you need my thing. And that is not at all what this is. This mm-hmm. is not saying a replacement for preaching or teaching or discipleship or anything else. 
rather it's a it's like the missing leg <laughs> that we <laughs> haven't had for a while yeah which will yeah. support and build up all the others and then the other one is that kind of this is not a secret answer it's not yeah. like your life will be fixed if you get into spiritual direction and we have the secret sauce no i mean that's yeah i think that we are I hear that constantly. It's kind of like, what's the answer? What's the, mm -hmm. if I could just find the right thing and get into the right program, I wouldn't, I be happy and wealthy and happy, you know, fixed. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, that's, it's back to the, the witness. There's something about witnessing you in your unfixedness. Yes. <laughs> and God's work in and love through that. Mm -hmm. That isn't going to change you in, for the, it's not, the purpose is not to change you. The purpose is just, there's more life in there than you think there is, or at least Absolutely. than I thought there was. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. So before I let you go and I need, I know you have places <laughs> to be. Is there a question I should have asked you? Is there a question that I, I need to ask and you want to talk about? I think it's a it's a question to ask anyone who's a spiritual director which is what has spiritual direction done for you hmm. not as a point but as a like what is your experience of spiritual direction being because hmm. i mean i don't trust doctors who don't go to doctors <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, uh. i've been with the same spiritual director for nearly i think it's nearly 15 years now and i keep going to spiritual direction because i am continually surprised by the deep love of god and brought back to how good god is um, how much i'm loved and i experience i experience god's love and and that it doesn't mean my problems go away, but it's more and more living how I'm made to mm -hmm. live by God. And that's that's not a quick fix or overnight process. I get connected to my story and the story, capital T, capital S, um, of God that is going on around me and in the world and things make sense and or they don't make sense. But they, there is shalom, there is wholeness, there is healing. And yet, even in my wrestling, I get to rest. And I, I, I personally can't imagine my life without it. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. I confess the last, oh, three months of my own spiritual direction have been, I thought, I've just been like, yeah, it's just been kind of dry. Not much is going on. I, I've kind of been going through the motions. And then I realized, <laughs> this was literally last week, I realized that these two things that had been said to me, well, actually two things that I had said in those sessions months ago, had just been constantly coming back. And like I'd been thinking about it, been praying about it, talking. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> like... God was not at all worried that I wasn't thinking anything was happening. And he was just like mm -hmm. patiently. And these things are very powerful and meaningful and obviously God. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
Tara, yeah. thank you for taking the time with me today. And thanks for talking about all this stuff. Um, I really it's appreciate your fun. time. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Obviously, I could talk for another hour, but I have just, I've appreciated your questions. I've appreciated the care that you clearly have for those who are, who are showing up on the back porch. Yeah, um, thank you. And it's been fun. Yeah, it has. Listeners, thank you for being here. And uh, may the grace of Christ go with you wherever the road takes you. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Signpost In, a nonprofit Christian ministry dedicated to helping people connect with God and find direction. We offer spiritual direction, retreats, and lots of other resources like this podcast. Please visit us at signpostin.org to learn more. We especially want to thank our generous donors who support our work and keep this podcast going. If you've benefited from something you've heard on this show, please consider supporting us by making a tax-deductible gift at signpostin.org donate. That's signpostin.org donate. And thank you. 